Well, let's talk about some of the good guys, some of the bad guys. Uh, UFC 259, I don't care if you're a casual MMA fan. I don't care if you're not. Tomorrow night is the Super Bowl of MMA. It's the Super Bowl of UFC. In fact, tomorrow night's event feels like, and I tweeted this earlier at our boy John Ennick, who lives in Boca, who is the play-by-play voice of the UFC and who listens to this show on the regular, um, because he said, he said Saturday feels like the Super Bowl. To me, tomorrow night feels like the Super Bowl and the Final Four and Game 7 of the NBA Finals and maybe like the series finale of Ozark. Because you know <laughs> things are going to happen you don't expect. And you know that it's going to get probably nasty. And like tomorrow night is a ridiculous fight card. The last time that there were three title fights on a UFC card and all three of the challengers left as the new champions, I was there. It was mm-hmm. the first weekend of November in 2017, Madison Square Garden. It was Michael Bisping and George St. Pierre. It was uh, No Love, right, Cody? Galbraith. Yep. And then it was uh, Rose, uh, Rose Namajidis. Rose when, when she took the belt from the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember all that. I was there. And you know what? I, you know, with the exception of uh, Amanda Nunez, I can see uh, this, a lot of title changes in this, in this card as well. So, so let's get at this a little bit here because you are the coach. For those that don't know, Dean Thomas, obviously the former UFC pioneer, MMA uh, legend. Dean Thomas, the first – here's an answer for a trivia question. Who was the first UFC winner in Las Vegas history? Because the fights tomorrow night will be in Las Vegas. And the answer to that question, Dean, is – A young man by the name of Dean Thomas. You were the first UFC winner in Las Vegas because they weren't That's allowed right. to fight in Nevada. You go back so long that they could only fight in weird places in weird states. Yep. Um, yeah, like Colorado. And then Nevada approved MMA, and then you got to be. So, Coquel, it's great that Dean Thomas is the first ever UFC winner in Las Vegas history. Mm-hmm. But it also says that he sucked at the time because why was he the first fight of the night? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Top of the <laughs> because I wanted it could because I had to open things up. You know what I'm saying? I had to set the stage. Ah, there you go. Yeah. My favorite part of this story is that when the UFC had its little birthday, it's a 20th or 25th anniversary a couple years ago, and Dana said to you, "You know, Dean, this is as much this you know this anniversary much about you as it is uh, anyone else." And you were like, "Why is that?" And then Dana said to you, "Because you were the first winner in Vegas, you dummy." You didn't even you weren't even aware of your own I didn't place. Even know. I forgot. I didn't even know. You even I told you I just show I just show up, Josh. That's it. Just show I up. I don't yeah, I don't concern myself with the all the extraneous stuff. I just show up. All right. So Max Kellerman earlier today was discussing a hypothetical between okay. between Clubber Lang and I believe Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. You know, the opponents of Rocky Three and Rocky Four. So he was talking about how on ESPN.com they had Clubber as a southpaw, but he fights orthodox. Or is it the other way around? I'm trying to remember. Clubber, Clubber southpaw? Oh, I'm trying, I don't remember. Because remember, he threw, he threw a lot of nasty left hooks. Yeah. I think he. I think he, both of them were fought southpaw. Uh, Rocky and Clubber Lang fought southpaw. All right, so who do you have in that? Forget about UFC 259, the biggest fight card of the year. Who do you have between uh, Clubber Lang and Ivan Drago? Man, as as much as I hate to say it, because Clubber Lang is one of my heroes yeah. and one of my favorite villains of all time. Oh, he, he, uh, he oh. wouldn't have be, he wouldn't have been able to beat Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago had too much reach and he was juiced up. Yeah, but Balboa beat him, and Balboa is smaller, obviously significantly smaller than Clubber Lang. He was on he was on the juice too. They just didn't show that part in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
Stallone was on Juice. Come on. No. What are you gonna no, tell me? You gonna, you gonna tell me Stallone was on steroids for Rambo as well? Come on. I don't know about Stallone, but I know I know Rocky was. Oh, Rocky was on Juice. Stallone yeah. wasn't. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know about Coquel? Stallone. He's running through the snow and carrying logs. You don't have your fighters doing that. <laughs> Only when they train in <laughs> Russia. I yeah. had that that exact same uh, coat that Everex sheepskin bomber coat that Balboa had. I had the exact same one, but with the hood. And the hood had the fur on the top of the hood. That jacket made me look like I was 52 pounds of muscle uh, bigger when I wore that coat. <laughs> it was insane. Everything was so like heavy. Uh, Kukai, you looking at stats right yeah, now? No, I just want to confirm some stats for the big fight. Please. Clover Lang is a southpaw. I don't think he is, though. I think they got that wrong. I, I'm looking at his statistics right now. From where? From ESPN.com? From uh, Rocky.Fandom.com. All right, so he was a southpaw. He's 28-1 for his career. All right, so the southpaw does explain, Dean, those big monster left hooks. Yeah. Okay. That explains it. And then... And then 5'11", 225. Drago fought wow. orthodox. Yeah, Drago was orthodox. I remember that for sure. Yeah, because Drago's left... Yeah, Drago's left foot was forward. Yeah, and he had a, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He had a decent little jab. He had that little jab. He popped that jab. jab. Uh, by yeah, the way, Clubber Lang was not 5'11". Clubber Lang, if they were going to list Rocky at 5'10", 5'11", and, and Stallone is like 5'8", on a good day, there's no way that Clubber Lang is 5'10". What would you say, 5'11"? 5'11", 225. Nah, Clubber Lang's got to be got to be at least 6'. Mr. T, 6'. No? Is he? I don't know. Uh, so you're taking who in that matchup? You said you're taking Drago? I got to take Drago, yeah. man. Drago's... Yeah. Okay. Why don't we get to the actual fights? UFC 249 tomorrow night is a monster card. Um, are you a little bit relieved you don't, you don't have to be there? Or do you significantly wish that you were in Vegas for this fight card? Dino, are you there? Uh-oh. He's glitching. That's not on our end, right? That's on his end, Coco? Yeah, that's not us. That's him. Okay. So we may have a connection problem right now with Dean. He's connected directly to the router. Not a Wi-Fi issue, so maybe we'll get him back in a moment. Uh, but he's turned up, though, just in case, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll hear him when we can. Yeah, tomorrow night, three title fights. And remember, always for UFC, you don't have to buy the pay-per-view. You don't have to pay a cover. You go to Twin Peaks, Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard in West Palm, Pembroke Pines, and Davie, and you can always watch the boxing cards, the UFC pay-per-views, and all the MMA Never with a cover. Absolutely free. Just go to Twin Peaks for each strength and scenic views. Drago 6'5", by the way. Ford Orthodox. Spending way too much time on this. Probably should get <laughs> Dean back on the air. Drago listed at 6'5". It's probably a little generous. Game 261, too. He's probably closer to 6'3", but Stallone is actually closer to 5'8", <laughs> than he is 5'10". So Rocky, because you know, Rocky isn't Stallone, you know. Not Rocky's person. played by Stallone. Oh. So the character of Rocky's taller. Wait, so he's not a real... I wasn't watching real boxing? Not, it wasn't real boxing, unfortunately, no. Uh, are we connected with Dean, or do we lose him for good? We have lost him for now. Oh, boy. All right, so let's text him and ask him to reconnect. Speaking of these fights and this fight card, yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, from really the entire top to bottom prelims on. All right, and there I'm he is. Back. Okay, he's back yeah, now. Right. I'm back. Yeah, I had, I had to jerry-rig it. Well... Did, hook you, it up did, you, the, did you use chewing gum and a paper clip? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I some um, toothpicks, uh, a paper clip, and a, tr- and, a tr- and a soccer trophy. A little I'll, Gorilla Glue, we're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. Um, before we get into Coming to America 2, which is out today, streaming today, um, and disappointments of sequels, because all of us were super afraid that, you know, we were like yeah, so excited for it, 
But like Dean, you and I talked about, um, super worried that we're going to be super disappointed by what it actually is, and it will tarnish the franchise for us. Yeah. Oh no. You I didn't don't know see it I yet. Watch. I didn't see it yet. Plus, you don't have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah, I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. I was going. I was going to give you my password and then change it right quick halfway through. <laughs> Log you out and change it in the middle. You can do that, you know. <laughs> nah, I thought, I oh, I've done, gotten other people's passwords and changed their Netflix password so they can't sign in. But you have to have their email. How'd you manage that? Because they usually have the same password for their email uh, and their Netflix. That's always good with the X. All right, Dean, so let's look at this card tomorrow night. Jordan will give us winners and you know value as far as that's concerned for the gambling side. But this is um, the fight card of the year, and not just to mm-hmm. this point, but for the rest of the year. I can't imagine a card even International Fight Week in July, that's going to touch this. Let's talk about your boy, Eljamon Sterling, who is with us on Wednesday against Piryan, the uh, the Russian, who really is an impressive, I mean, impressive fighter. They're doing this at 135. Your boy, Aljo, gets a shot, finally, a well-deserved shot. This fight is basically a coin flip, but who do you give an advantage to, as we know styles make fights, for everybody that's going to be watching and or wagering, what do you think, you know, is the, the advantage here in the matchup when it comes to these two in their styles? Uh, man, it, it's such a, a weird stylistic fight. Because Aljamain Sterling, like, he's very elusive, and he runs around, and he's, you can't find him, you can't see him. And then Peter Jan is, like, solid, He's just, and he's a great boxer. Mm. So it, it's very it's very difficult to say who has the, the stylistic advantage. I don't really think either of them do. That's why it's a pick em. But I will say if it goes early that I'm giving the advantage to Aljamain, but the later rounds, I think Peter Jan is uh, is taking control. Of. Which is more likely to happen, Peter Jan to knock Aljamain Sterling out or Aljamain Sterling to submit Peter Jan? I think Aljamain Sterling to submit Peter Jan is more likely. I think that's more likely to happen. And I think, and, and Aljamain has more ways to win, though. So, so I guess maybe stylistically, he may have the advantage because he can win. He can win in many different ways. Which is more important? Which is more important, Coach? Is it the fighter that has the more ways to win, or the fighter that has fewer ways to be beaten? The fighter who has fewer ways to be beaten. Okay, so let's look at it from that perspective. Of these two, who's got fewer ways to get beaten? Whether it be the judges' cards, submission, KO, TKO. I think uh, Aljamain has fewer ways to be beaten. And he's got more ways to win. And he's got more ways to win. Okay, so the value play in this spot would have to be, therefore, he checks both boxes, you're going to go advantage Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, I'm going, yeah. And this is not because he's your boy and because you trained with him and because he's close with Matt and trains with Matt. You're just, from an outsider's view, you're saying he has fewer ways to get beat and more ways to win, and therefore, he gets advantage. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, like, in order for him to get beat, he's he's got to make a bunch of mistakes. Okay. He's got to he's got to make a bunch of mistakes. Which is I possible. I don't see that happening. I mean, well, look, but, it's possible it's his first time in a title fight. And, and even though it won't be, you know, a 20,000-person uh, capacity T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, you know, it is still a five-round title fight and it's that one moment you've worked every moment to this point for. Yeah. But I will say this. If uh, if Peter Jan hits him cleanly, that could be the end of it. That's the difference. Peter Jan has the ability to turn his lights out with yeah. one punch at any given point in the fight. That's the difference. That's what makes this fight so exciting. And that's why you have to watch it. Well, let's go next to your former fighter and your friend. Amanda Nunez, the greatest of all time, against Megan Anderson, the significantly taller Australian who is not just taller but longer. Um, 
Amanda, you told me in 2015, yo, JC, she's going to be great. Wait and see what she becomes. I'm telling you, she is going to be great. You called it. You saw it. You knew it early on. You were there. You were in that corner when she became the champion. You were in that corner when she defended that championship against Ronda Rousey on my birthday, uh, December the 30th, 2016. And when she ended Ronda in 47, 48 seconds, 23 strikes landed in 47, 40. It was dominating. All I yeah. remember about that was Amanda got 100,000 to show up and uh, Ronda got 3 million to show up. <laughs> um, and one of them was the champ and it wasn't the one getting paid. And that yeah. was tremendous disrespect. And I also remember Ronda not talking a whole lot of smack and Ronda being very low with media the entire week leading up to because I told you that tells us everything we need to know. She has zero confidence she's going to win this fight. Yeah, I, I, and it wasn't a really good fight for her because she, was, she wasn't confident she was going to win. And when she lost, she accepted it and just walked away quietly. Yep. And it was a great, great night for Amanda. And I remember her backstage yelling at everybody, telling everybody how disrespected she felt, which is why she put on the performance she did. Is that normal of Amanda Nunez? Because I've only ever seen, you know, like I, I've seen sweet, fun, happy, cheerful, joyous smile. And then we've seen in the cage when she becomes a monster or a beast um, is, uh, who was it? Otito Ortiz and I at the Cosmopolitan Pool. I said, Amanda Nunez, he goes, beast. She's a beast. I go, right? She, I mean, she is. She's an unbelievable talent. She's an unbelievable fighter, but she's a sweet soul as a human being. She was yelling before or after the fight how disrespected she felt. After the fight. That's great. Would that surprise you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it was very out of pocket. I was surprised that she would do something like that. But, I mean, she was passionate about it, and that's really what it came down to. She had so much passion about what she was doing, and so much she felt so disrespected that she didn't get no love because, like, all the posters around her said Ronda, and she was the winner, and she was the champion. She was the winner. She was the champion. She was putting her belt on the line, giving the former champion a shot. And we all knew once she got kicked to sleep by Holly, there was no coming back. Dean, you remember, you were sitting in the studio when I said, listen, here's what you do. I'm going to a you know AARP right now. We're going to print out the retirement paperwork to fill in when you're going to retire. And at the press conference, have Amanda pull this out of her back pocket and hand it to Rhonda. Because here's your retirement. Because it's over. Because you're never doing one of these again. She never did one of those again. She never ever once again, she never fought again. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't see her coming back ever again. No. She's paid now. so no, She's done. So, yeah. so Amanda, before that fight, she gave you a bloody nose. Mm -hmm. Before the main event of the evening, the pay-per-view, Amanda Nunez and Ronda Rousey, you guys are warming up backstage, and she caught you with what? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on. I mean, it was, it's an accident, obviously. No, not I know, but no, no, no. It's not an accident. Like, when, you're, when a fighter is warming up in the back, they have no filter. It's just, it's just go. And they don't care what they hit, they, what they run into. And she was beating me up, hurt my ribs, bloody my nose. I was bleeding and everything. So, yeah. All right. Um, but you didn't break your nose. She, I didn't break my nose, bloody. but it's a dangerous job. Yeah, it, it is a dangerous job. Uh, Megan Anderson, I've got reason for concern here. I've got legitimate reason for con concern here. First of all, Megan Anderson, she can finish fights. Uh, number two, she does have a substantial height advantage and a substantial reach advantage amanda you know she was on my instagram the other day i think she has the most joyous smile who loves what they do more than she loves going into a cage and beating up a woman against her own will she loves it mm -hmm. but this is one of those red flags amanda minus 1100 amanda minus 1200 mm -hmm. she could walk into something if she's over aggressive if early on she goes charging and she likes to throw those big overhand rights and those big looping lefts. 
she could get stuck with something and all of a sudden this is a very different fight, no? Yeah, well, I think the only thing she has to worry about with Megan Anderson is her knees. Like, Megan Anderson has good knees up the middle. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Amanda, it should be kind of a cakewalk for Amanda because she's so much more balanced, so much quicker, so much more coordinated. Megan Anderson, she's tall, but that doesn't necessarily give her an advantage. It makes her kind of lanky and and a little awkward. It would with knees. Yeah, it makes it makes her it makes her dangerous with knees because it's like face range when she throws them, but she doesn't move well because she's so tall, almost like a almost like a center in basketball. Okay, so think of a think, yeah, think of a center in basketball, the coordination of a center in basketball versus the, the coordination of a of a point guard. Amanda, uh, Amanda would like this fight to just be a stand and trade, right? She'd like to just get in there and get it out. No, I don't think I don't think so. I think no? she's going to try. I think she's going to probably either take her down where she has right. a huge advantage, or just move around her pot shot, like stick and move, stick and move, okay. stick and move. And we're talking about body shots here. Yeah. All right. And so for Megan Anderson, she very much wants to avoid the ground. She very much wants this to be a stand and trade and keep distance. I imagine. Yeah, she's going to want to stand and trade and throw knees. So I'm going to guess Amanda's got more ways to win and fewer ways to lose. Did I get that right? <laughs> by far yeah that's how you get to be a minus 1200 favorite yeah as amanda yeah. nunez is all right last one obviously the main event of the evening jan baklovich Blako- say it for me please blakovich yeah good enough yeah and israel adesanya who you mm-hmm. had to yell at by the way who you pulled aside yeah i, had to, yeah, I pulled aside you pulled aside and said yo this back and forth with john jones you young brothers don't understand what us old brothers had to do and go through for it to be here stop this negativity divisiveness on twitter and he yeah, said to you, the jim brown cheap treatment yeah you mm-hmm. gave him the old jim brown on the, on the set of any given sunday and he said to you who the bleep are you old man right <laughs> no he said he's no, I mean, he said he said, he said you're right d man i'm not gonna do that man I, that's why he said nothing in a while i'm gonna I'm chill out so i'm trying to see See how respected you are by people that don't work here? It's amazing. (laughs) It's it's crazy, right? It is crazy. It is. All right, so in this fight, Israel Adesanya is obviously a special talent, the uh, style bender. But uh, Jan, uh, he got power, and this is one of those tests that's a lot different than, say, Paulo Costa, who was drinking wine apparently the night before (laughs) that fight this fall. Um, Israel Adesanya is a favorite and has to be you know, for a reason. A significant favorite of mine is 240-250. What do you expect here as far as game plan, strategy, and obviously end result? Well, I think, I mean, it's going to come down to Israel Adesanya just being as slick as he always is Mm -hmm. and being able to use his angles and to prove the size doesn't really matter that much in a fight because Israel Adesanya, length is more important than size. He's going to use his length. He's going to use angles and his speed, and those are the things that matter. Elbows, right? For Israel Asanya, the key here is going to be elbows from strange angle. I mean, if it gets close enough for elbows, but I don't think he's going to let Jan get that close to him. I think he's going to just keep him away and just and just pick him apart. Who's got a better chance of getting knocked out? Of uh, getting knocked out? But getting knocked out, Jan Blakovich. He's and getting knocked out. Who's got a better chance of getting submitted? Uh, Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't think it's going to go down. No, this will be a stand and trade for five. For five, will this yeah, go the distance? No, it won't go to distance. I think. I think uh, Jan gets knocked out. Really? All right. So yeah. you're going chalk. You're going chalk, and then you went dog with your boy Aljo Sterling, Funkmaster, mm-hmm. yeah. Dane Thomas. Uh, listen. Oh, you got a quick question, Chris? Yeah, my UFC question for you is, and this is a big card. So, what time should I get on my periscope? <laughs> The whole card because because we didn't even talk about the best fighter tonight. The best fighter tonight is going to be Alexander Rakic ah. and uh, Tiago and Tiago uh, Maheta. That's Tiago Santos. That's the best fighter tonight. 
Tiago Santos, by the way, one of 17 Tiagos fighting on tomorrow night's card. Uh, <laughs> why, why is Santos and, uh, and Alexander Reckett, why is that your, your fight of the night? Because Tiago Santos is very reckless, and so is uh, is uh, uh, Alexander Reckett. They're yeah. just reckless. So that, that could just be a good old school, uh, school, yeah. school parking lot fight. Yeah, if you want to see a school parking lot fight, that's the one to watch. Dane Thomas, we will talk to you on Monday. Uh, enjoy the weekend, my friend. Be safe, please. All right, y'all. Peace. Appreciate it. Back with Ken LaVica in a moment. Uh, I just turned my own mic off. It's the home <laughs> team on ESPN 106.3.